Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 134 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Quick update from the World Cup. Argentina leading Netherlands 1-0 in the 73rd minute. Lionel Messi to take a penalty kick. And he scores. Argentina leads Netherlands 2-0 in the 73rd minute. There you go. Royal Pizza is proud to support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous right now at all Edmonton Royal Pizza locations. There are Santa's Anonymous boxes where you can make donations. Plus, Royal Pizza currently has the Festive Special where you can purchase a $50 gift card with a $10 bonus coupon. Royal Pizza still making it great. Well, there's been lots of discussion and some of you think maybe too much discussion and it's gone on for far too long about Yessa Poliarvi. This after uh, well, a pair of stories with noted Finnish journalist Tommy Seppala, who has tweeted some information out today involving Paul Yarvey's agent, Marcus Leto. A guy that's worked in the Edmonton market uh, for a long time, has been around, he goes to a lot of practices and virtually all of the games he's been involved in the world's longest uh, hockey game, uh, is Finnish uh, journalist and Edmontonian, and uh, I, I hope he can help me out with the pronunciation here. Uh, I, I always thought it was Yomi Niemanen. Uh, Yoni, do I have that right? Did I get uh, it right? Hi. Yeah, How you doing, man? Yes. I'm doing well. I'm really good. How are you? Good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's Yoni Niemanen. I, I tell people that if you know if you have problems with my last name, it's it's on the Stanley Cup 2001. Look it up. <laughs> Unfortunately, that wasn't you. But uh, I do recall. No, no. <laughs> he was he was a pretty agitating player. That was Villy. Was that Villy that won the cup? Yes, that was Villy Niemanen. Yeah. 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 There we have it. <laughs> All right. Look, who's going to have a better idea of uh, and 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 maybe a perspective? on Yessa Pugliarvi and the situation. And a lot of people, yesterday, George LaRock uh, came on the air, and he's like, enough of this. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. You're, And I don't know if that was necessarily how everybody sort of saw the quotes that uh, Pugliarvi had uh, with uh, Seppala. Uh, what is your take on the situation currently right now with Yessa Pugliarvi? Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and, you know, we respect that. Uh, George has his, his, from his experience, he has his opinion, and... Uh, 
I, I, my first feeling is the same as a lot of people is empathy, you know, because a lot of professional athletes may lose their confidence at, at some time. And Joe Sakic, actually, he talked about it at the end of his career. He lost his confidence for, for a while. Joe Sakic, like of all people. So that can happen. That can happen to, uh, to a lot of people. So that's, that's the first feeling that comes to mind. But there's, there's a few other things here, obviously. All right. Uh, I'm of the belief that, uh, see, I, I look at uh, Pogliarvi differently now at 24 than I did when he was 20. When I, you know, and, and right away when the Oilers dropped, and he kind of fell to them at four overall. A lot of people thought he was going to be the top, th- top uh, three picks in the draft that year when we were in Buffalo back in 22nd. Of course, Patrick Laine went second. Um, a lot of people thought Pogliarvi was going to go third. Matthews went one that year. He dropped to four. I don't think the Oilers necessarily... Look, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Yona, you know that. I don't yeah. think Edmonton did everything uh, perfect out of the gate with Paul Yarby. And I also tend to be a little bit uh, easier on younger players and have greater expectations once they get paid more, which Paul Yarby now is. Um, what is your perspective on how the Oilers initially dealt uh, with Paul Yarby? And, and should there have been... In Paul Yarby's case, uh, you know, were, were there things that he could have done better at a young age here at Edmonton, or was this more on the Oilers organization's handling of them? Well, I, I, uh, I think that uh, the players or athletes' development in in general, uh, it doesn't always fall all of to the organization. Like I, I think you always talk about that, seventy five percent should be on the player and the rest on the team. Yes, and, and I, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good measurement to, to go with. Like with with Yes's case here, of course, it's easy for us now afterwards say that oh, they should have let him play one more year in the Finnish league, play in the in the juniors, in, in the U twenty worlds, and that kind of thing. It's easy for us to say that now. Uh, that obviously would have been a better idea. Um, but like like you said, we've lots of, lots of a lot of practices. They they really really tried, you know. We and we only see what's on the ice, not like the sessions off of it. But like we saw, Todd McLellan, uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, all the assistants, Emmanuel Viveros, Glenn Goldson, Ken Hitchcock of all people, Hitch, and, and Dave Tippett. They all tried. They all all did. Uh, these are people who really know their hockey, and they're really good with people. And and uh, say, I, in my opinion, saying that the Edmonton Oilers spots this development is wrong. And because uh, uh, like Oilers have supplied him with uh, and paid for uh, English teachers right off the bat, and 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 uh, feel empathy for for the player, but but uh, it, it I don't know it <laughs> it hasn't been an easy easy route for. Uh, so there is, you do think there's some culpability. I mean, you have empathy for the position that Pugliarvi's in. He's only got one goal this year and 40 shots. I, we, we talked about this up in the press box. I had concern for him in the final quarter of last year. I'm like, he's not the same. And I thought, well, is it injury? Like, he just wasn't the same player. And I use the term opportunity cost. Like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball, Colby Rasmus looks like a player. They trade him because they're like, he doesn't have a high enough ceiling for the price point that he's going to want. The opportunity cost of him being a lineup hit and say sixth, and, and in Paul Yarby's case, you know he's playing in the top six, and it, he's lost his offensive mojo. You, I don't. Did you see the quotes today from uh, Marcus Lato? Oh yeah, well, I read the whole thing in, in the finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he basically asking for a trade? Is that what Lato's doing? 
Well, it seems to me like he was kind of saying that they they agree if agree that if if things don't go well, if things go south, that they would look for a trade. And but obviously that's not an easy thing to do because of because of the price point and uh, and and I assume the, the the demand in the market right now, as we all know, probably not the greatest. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's but it's in my opinion it's become quite a distraction right now. So I don't really. Really, see would probably be good for everybody if they if they were able to to do something. Uh, but, what's his yeah. like? I mean, he is is he a guy that at the Finnish level is seen as a, a, a lock to be on the net? Like Finland's got very competitive national programs. Is he a lock or is his? I don't want to use the word reputation, but is, no. is he's not seen as the same player he was when he came out of the draft? Is that fair? That's fair, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see that. Uh, like he was, a, he was a, you know, as a. I remember talking to some of the scouts early on that uh, that they they said they'd never seen a skater like that in the Finnish league when he was really young and 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 all that type of thing. But I must say though, it seems like everybody thinks that every team had him very high. That's not true. There were a few teams, of course. We can't say <laughs> we talked to, but but uh, not every team had him in the top 10 in 2016 draft like there were some teams who who had their doubts well when the columbus blue jackets with yarmo kaikalainen and billy siren was their head amateur scout when they pass on him was that maybe a sign i mean two finished guys uh i don't know but we we asked yarmo straight out and and he said that they had uh uh pierre luc dubois in their papers you know have the list they had him before yes on their list, and I, I believe he was just telling the truth. Yes. Like he didn't have to, and he's not gonna, you know. Like he was telling exactly what he what he thought, and uh, and we have to believe him on that one for sure. Um, well, and, you, and I know you would have heard Brian Burke repeatedly on the show when he was a guest say that when oh, yeah. he was in Calgary. They had Paul Yarvey right where we had Paul Yarvey, which was, you know, at three, right? The Oilers had Paul Yarvey oh, yeah. at three. So, I mean, oh, yeah, they did. You know, and then the, the Flames ended up getting Matthew Kachuk down. It, it was an interesting situation. So, how, how has, like, what, have you, you've developed uh, relationships over the years with some of the Finnish players? Do you have that same relationship with Paul Yarvey? Oh, I, I must say, I, I really don't. Like, I, it could be the age difference. I'm, I'm really, really old. But uh, um, not really. Like, it's always been very friendly, a few chats here and there. And uh, I must say, he he's a friendly kid. He's a good kid. Uh, he comes from a really good family. I, I met his dad a few times. Yari Fuliyarvi, a guy who looks like he could play still, like he's in his early 40s. And I remember one case, we were watching at Oilers practice, and I asked him, are you coming to the room? And he said, I don't go to the room. And I really appreciated that. Like, there's a hockey dad who doesn't live live his life through his kids' accomplishments. And, you know, somebody else, like, if they had their kid there, would probably go in and steal a couple of sticks or something. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever they do. Well, I, okay, but, yeah. th- you know, it, a younger father. Now, it's interesting because Paul Yarvey, at a very young age, was he not on his own? Yeah, I understand. That's one thing I I must say. I'm I'm really proud of Finnish hockey, but I don't understand they they don't have the family system as they do here. So he was on his own at a very early age, from what I understand. And I don't think that's uh, always the best thing for uh, for people's development or or the players' development. All right. So from your perspective, this isn't all on the Oilers. Uh, no, of course not. And, and and there's a few other things, if you don't mind me saying. Go for like it. Like this narrative, narrative that 
media drives players out of town. I, I don't believe in that at all. Like, not at all. I actually literally drove Janne Nino and Joni Pitkanen to the Nisko International. But, so I, I drove a couple of players out of town but, uh, when they left town. And, like, you uh, physically drove them out of town, and they didn't yeah. feel like the media was driving them out of town when they got traded. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and Janne, of course, Nino, I loved them more than anybody and and he was not happy about that but and i remember the the corner of yonder's favorite road the white avenue corner of 104th and white avenue was on fire when we left yonder uh, still says that uh insisted he didn't do it but i, I don't know okay okay <laughs> so you don't buy the, the media drive players out of town you think that Paul no. Yar- there's some culpability with paul yarvey would he be better off in the short term just playing on the third line do you think and or do you oh, think yeah. that's? But um, do, you, do you think that's part of the frustration for him is that he hasn't been able to become a, a legit top six player? I I think so. Well, I don't I don't wish to teach professional coaches how to coach, and, and they do a really really good job here. But it seems like he's he's more comfortable on the on the third line. He he has kind of like lately he's played some pretty good games in my opinion, you know, and uh, and maybe he's he's better off there. It's not easy playing with this. Like some people say, like they said about Yari Kuri that, you know, uh, 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 post or whatever, mailbox could play, score 50 with Wayne Gretzky, but that's not really true. You have to be really, really good to play the really good players. And and uh, it's probably not, it's even harder to play with with Connor because of his style. Yeah. Then well, yeah. Wayne Gretzky would set anybody up, but it's, that's a different thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wayne Gretzky, yeah, the line was, uh, what was it? A, a fire hydrant could score 40 goals playing with. Yeah. That's when B.J. Yeah. McDonald scored 46. Yeah. Well, Yari ended up scoring 70. I think that was the hope for everybody involved, was that yeah. you know Paul Yarvey would be a big scorer. I don't think he's a scorer. I think he's more of a playmaker, and that might be part of the problem. You Do you think yeah. it's inevitable that we're headed down the path of a trade, or that, you know, this will probably be the last year that Jesse's here? Yeah, I think so, because I, I don't see them qualifying him at, uh, at the high price point. Uh, can I say one more thing? Yes. The, the, there was I read Tommy Seppala is a good friend of mine as, as Mark Spector all you guys actually love the media here even though they get so much crap in the social media which I don't agree at all but there's this narrative out there that Europeans get treated differently and even my friend Tommy Seppala wrote today that uh, of the Finnish National Broadcast Corporation uh, who's done this really good journalism on that uh, he kind of hinted or actually wrote that uh, in a conservative environment like here in his opinion asking for a trade would be considered as complaining because uh, player is European and I have to say something here Edmonton has been a very kind place to Europeans and especially Finns in particular since Glenn Zader and uh, the late great Barry Fraser you know, they decided to start drafting players from, from Finland and uh, Finns have always been treated extremely well here and 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 the media here like is very friendly towards Europeans in all of their things like I've seen a few comments that spec is hard on Europeans because the Europeans are not true like I've been in the press box for 24 years or whatever and you guys always apologize to me when you have something to say about a Finnish player you know, like you do it to spec and Ryan Richard walked to me the other day and said, sorry, I have to say, I'm like, no, don't have to apologize for doing your job. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> well, I will tell you, you're getting a fair amount of feedback that are really liking uh, your honesty and your approach here, Yoni. So, uh, thank, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, we got to, to talk about the teddy bear toss coming up next, uh, but we'll get you on the show again, okay? Thanks a lot, Yoni. Excellent. Thanks, Bob. You bet that. That is Yoni Niemann. When we return uh, in one minute's time, we'll talk to Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Luke Pierce about back-to-back teddy bear toss nights in Red Deer and in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Quick text on our last guest, Yoni Neiman. Uh, this text comes in out of Edmonton saying, this is an amazing guest. This is how I know Finn's smart and dryly funny. Sounds like a really good dude. Hope to hear uh, Yoni on the show again. All right, quick update. World Cup there in the 90th minute. Uh, it is 2-1 for Argentina over the Netherlands. We're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show Luke Pierce, uh, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Back-to-back nights for Teddy Bear Toss tonight in Red Deer against the Rebels and then tomorrow the Rebels are here to play the Edmonton Oil Kings. There's 12,000 tickets already sold for that game, Luke, so uh, people are going to be pumped up. Just your thoughts. How you doing? Not doing well, Bob. Yeah, tough uh, tough guest to follow, but uh, exciting times here too for us. And yeah, you're starting tonight. you're starting to get a little bit of traction with your team as well. I know that you've you know you had a tough start to the year, and uh, you, you've started to put some wins together, mix in some wins with your rebuilding squad. How's that going? Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, a lot of a lot of changes here, and um, we were joking the other day about. Uh, giving guys name tags uh, just so we kind of knew who everybody was but there's been a lot of change and I think this recent move with uh, with Logan Dehaniak is a great opportunity for Logan but also for us it's kind of the now we're fully fresh and we can move on to uh, a, really getting this new journey underway and the guys have been uh, you know, giving us some pretty solid efforts here recently, and I think we'll start to see some better results. Yeah, so just so the listeners are aware, Dohaniak was the last of your 20-year-olds that remained from last year's team that went to the WHL Championship. You're in a re, uh, reloading or rebuilding year. Uh, previously, you'd mentioned, uh, traded Jackson Weave and Carson Golder, and now Dohaniak. Who's the player you got back in that trade to Moose Jaw? Well, we get uh, Nathan Pilling, who's, I think, the name probably sounds familiar to a lot of uh, Oil King and uh, Edmontonians with uh, Greg Pilling being a um, an alumni from, from Memorial Cup team as well and, and still a very involved member of uh, of the Oil Kings alumni. So Nathan's the grandson of, of Greg and uh, grew up kind of family from the Edmonton area. Big, long, lanky forward that uh, I think has got a ton of potential here and, and some real bright upside. Yeah, uh, Greg won a Memorial Cup in 1963 and he helped... Edmonton won the Memorial Cup in 1966. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> one, day, one day we'll tell you the story if Kurt already has it. Uh, anyhow, uh, so Red Deer back-to-back, they're one of the better teams. Who's going good for you right now? Uh, who's sort of caught your eye in terms of your lineup here over the last couple of weeks? Well, I, like Gavin Hunnett and, and Rhett Melnick and Luca Hoff have had a couple of back-to-back uh, solid performances. And then uh, a couple of the newer additions here with Noah Boyko and, and Rylan Kovacevic played really well. Um, you know, last game scoring both our goals. And Votek Port on the back end has been really solid recently. And, you know, Colby Hayes coming off a really solid performance as well. So we're going to need a little bit more from some guys. We're going to get Dawson Seitz back in our lineup tonight, which is which is really big. He's been out for uh, just over a month here. So that'll be a nice injection of, uh, of some energy. 
Uh, Luke, I know uh, Kevin Rodomsky's just passed me a note saying they're looking to bust over 13,000 uh, bears. So for the 12,000 plus that are already committed to coming to the game tomorrow, if you have a chance to bring an extra bear, that would be great. Uh, good luck tonight in Red Deer, and I uh, look forward to seeing it tomorrow night here against the uh, Red Deer Rebels on Teddy Bear Toss. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Luke Pierce. Got to hop on the bus at 2 o'clock uh, to make his way down to Red Deer. That wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. Thank you to all of you who took time to text us on the Ashley Fine Floors uh, text line. Uh, we will have the pregame show, the face-off show tonight at 5.30 with Reed Wilkins and myself. I'll be joining you at 5.35 live from Studio 99. Cam, Moonjack, Michaels, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, all part of the Oilers Radio Network, 7 p.m. puck drop. Uh, the orders will fly to Minnesota on Sunday. I will join you Monday for Minnesota for the rematch of the game. What's that? We've got to do this. Oh, I got history, I, don't we? We do have to do one more thing. <laughs> what, what's going on here? For our friends at New West Travel, this day in Oilers history, give the gift of travel. You can join Oilers now in Vegas to uh, see the Oilers play in January. Visit newwesttravel.com. Nicely done, Brendan. What do we got? We'll go back to 1979. Goaltender Eddie Mio records Edmonton's first ever shutout. A 3 nothing Oilers win over Hartford. It stands as Mio's only shutout with the Oilers. Yeah, he's now a player agent, uh, Eddie Mio. All right. Right, uh, we will have a rematch. We'll tee up the rematch between the Oilers and the Wild. Uh, NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling will join us on Monday as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jaylen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. I'll rejoin you today, 5.35 from Studio 99 on the Face Off Show.